Welcome to Planify Podcast, where we speak plainly about topics that matter. What are those topics, you ask? Anything that needs to be talked about. Hi, everybody. Welcome to this episode of Planify. I am so excited to talk to you about this stuff today because we're going to be talking about birth, home birth, recovery, doula work, babies, all the things. All the things that I wish I knew when I had my first baby. I have to tell you, I work as a doula. This is a very new thing to me. And a lot of people have asked me, how do you become a doula? Or what did you do to do this work? So a few months ago, I was on Instagram and I came across this post talking about reasons to put the antibiotic eye goop in your baby's eyes following birth. And there's really only two reasons to do that. The first is if you have gonorrhea, and the second is if you have chlamydia. That's why the eye goop exists, for those reasons. And so I did a whole post on how I didn't do it because I don't have either of those STDs. My babies didn't need it. And that kind of transitioned into this whole huge post about birth and a lot of people reaching out to me saying, yes, please like share more about what you know and what you've learned. And so I made these posts in my stories that got probably the most engagement of any story that I've ever posted in four years of being on Instagram. I can't even explain to you the number of responses and comments that I had and people sharing their stories to me. It was really overwhelming. So at the end of those posts, though, I made this little joke. I said, haha, look at me. I should become a doula. And let me just tell you, I had so many people respond to that. I had over 15 people respond and say, yes, I think you would be an amazing doula. I totally think you should become one and I would hire you to be at my next birth or I would totally have hired you. And I just was so overwhelmed by that. And it felt so like such a God thing. And later that night, I had one of my friends who's been a doula for like 15 years reach out to me. She said, Alicia, are you being serious about this? Because there is a huge need for birth workers and doulas who are believers and haven't drank the big pharma Kool-Aid. And I thought, seriously? And I've been to a birth before, but when I went to that birth, I found it like, even though it was beautiful and I loved being there so much, it just was so draining to me. As I kind of started processing it, I thought, no wonder it was draining. I had two really little kids at home. So of course I was tired. Anything would have made me tired. The next day, I called my friend, Skye, who's a midwife, and I said, can I take you out for coffee and just talk to you about birth stuff and birth work and doula work? And she said, yeah. So the next day, we met for coffee. We chatted for two hours straight. We had all the same convictions and philosophies about birth and interventions. A couple days later, I offered to be a doula for free at a friend's birth. And I said, I'm just stepping into this. I don't even know 100% if I want to do this. But if you would like me to be your doula, I would be honored to be there. Obviously, there's zero pressure. But whatever that looks like for you and your husband, whatever support you need, that was my first birth going into this work. That was like a month and a half ago. 
after that, I had two more. And then I was at a birth last week with a home birth that we decided to transfer to the hospital because the mother was just exhausted and not progressing. I fully supported that decision. I thought that it was really wise for her to go when she did. And she ended up with a C-section. Um, her baby was really, really big and she was exhausted. And so it was a, a very good reminder to me that Western medicine has things to offer that are can be so good and so life-saving. Sometimes birth goes exactly how you want it to and other times it doesn't. I know so many women who didn't get the birth stories that they wanted. Some of my very best friends had their babies through C-section when they would have so much preferred to have like water births at home with a midwife and that just wasn't the birth story that they got. And I want to say that if that's you and you're listening to this podcast and you didn't get the birth story that you wanted, maybe you had more interventions or you weren't progressing or you ended up needing an epidural or you ended up needing a C-section, there, there is mercy and grace for your stories. I would just encourage you to process it with people that love you and grieve what you didn't get but also just speak truth over it. Maybe everything happened and it was good. All the interventions were good and necessary, or maybe they weren't. You can speak truth over it and learn from it and process it and pray and cry. And then I would just encourage you to let it go. You can't go back and change what happened. You can't know in that moment the things that you know now. So let it go, let it be what it was, release it, and move forward. That's the story of how I became a doula. And now for the practical part. Here are six things that I wish I knew going into my first baby, my first birth. Number one, focus on your recovery. I wish somebody had told me this. I wish somebody had kind of prepared me for it. I was so focused on labor and delivery that I didn't really think past that. I had this vague idea that I knew, of course, that I would like bleed afterwards and that it probably would, wouldn't be super comfortable, but I didn't realize how long the recovery would be or how important it was to just rest and take care of my body. There are a few little things that I learned throughout that first pregnancy and second pregnancy that the first thing was honestly just sleeping, just sleeping a lot, eating good food and not having a lot of junk food and just feeding my body what it needed. Another thing that is really helpful during recovery is freezing pads with witch hazel on them. You can just get witch hazelets really inexpensive. You can squirt it on your pads, open them up, squirt it on, put them in the freezer, and it feels wonderful to put on after you've given birth to a baby. Another thing is taking baths. People kind of made it seem like that was a bad thing, but I loved taking baths. I thought that it was, well, I just love taking baths in general, but I thought it was so relaxing to just sit in the tub, even postpartum with 
bleeding because I just needed to feel calm and I needed to relax. So you can add some things to the bath that really help. You can put in 10 drops of lavender oil and half a cup of baking soda. And that makes a lovely little healing concoction for your lady area. If you're struggling with nursing as well during your recovery, which I always did, I always recommend that moms go sit in the tub with their babies and nurse there. It's warm. Your skin to skin. It's relaxing. You can add some lavender and some baking soda while you're in there too. It's fine for the baby and just nurse, 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 nurse. And the baby will love the water too. And it will honestly just help you both be more relaxed. So number two, I never made enough milk for any of my babies. If I could go back and tell myself one thing, it would be be okay with not making enough. The most important thing is baby being fed. And if you can nurse a little bit, great. If you can nurse all the way, awesome. There's so much judgment out there. And some moms who push through the nursing figure it out, but other moms don't. And you don't know their story. You don't know what they're dealing with. Can we just stop being judgmental? Because it's just silly and ridiculous. If you're able to feed your baby once or twice a day nursing, just do it and be okay with it and supplement the rest of the time. There are benefits to supplementing. There really are. Honestly, you there is an opportunity to get more sleep. So if that's you, take advantage of it be okay with it. Everybody is different and it's okay if you can't make enough milk. So that's my number two is be okay with whatever milk you can make, whether it's too much or not enough. Okay. Number three, talk to your husband about sex following birth. So When my husband, Johnny, and I had Bear, we were so young and we had no idea what we were in for in terms of the recovery. And we were both frustrated that it took so long to get back to a normal sex routine. With our second baby, we were much more prepared and we knew what to expect. We knew that better communication would just really help. And so for our second baby, I told my husband, do not expect anything, nothing for at least three weeks nothing. And, um, you can just use your own imagination. You do not have to have actual sex to like be with your husband. So you can use your imagination for that. But I just knew that I didn't even want to think about it. I needed a break. It was overstimulating. And so I just told my husband, expect literally nothing for at least three weeks. And then we can talk about it again after that and see where I'm at. And, how my body's doing, how the recovery is going. And it worked so much better the second time. We both knew what to expect. And I honestly, I think it was at least six weeks for all of our babies before we did again. But even then, I say you are still not fully, you are not fully recovered at six weeks. I would say, honestly, give it a year. And maybe that's just my body and where I was at. And maybe other people really are totally recovered at six weeks. But I honestly didn't feel normal for a really, really long time. So just be gentle with your body. Be kind to your body. Talk to your husband about it so that you are you both at least kind of have an idea of expectations. I think that can really help with 
that whole side of your relationship and your marriage after having a baby. So that's number three. Talk to your husband about sex. Number four, most people won't or don't tell you that after birth, your baby is going to sleep for a four to six hour stretch because the baby is exhausted from birth too. And this is one of the longest stretches of sleep your baby is going to sleep for a while. So you need to take advantage of this. God designed this purposefully. The mom needs extra sleep during this time. So do not have visitors over. I know that it's exciting. It's important to bonding with your baby, to the recovery, to nursing, all of it, your hormones, everything. Getting that initial sleep helps your body jumpstart that healing process. This is something I did not do with my first baby because he was the first baby in my family. Everyone was so excited to see him. He was born at like 1030 in the morning. And so after it took about three hours for everything to be like cleaned up and for the midwives to be gone. And then people started coming over and we didn't get to sleep until like midnight or later that night. And looking back, I, I totally think that it contributed to how much I struggled with nursing, with my postpartum depression, just my hormones in general, and how long I felt like it took for my body to heal. So keep that in mind and take advantage of that nap that the baby takes after birth. Number five. Number five? I think we're at number five. Um, There are some really good ways to naturally induce labor, but my two go-to ways are sex and Zumba. And the Zumba, because you're moving your hips, that movement really helps get your baby into a beautiful position. Sex and Zumba always help my labors progress and get faster. So again, don't ask me how I know that or ask me how I know that, but that's my tip to you. And it's definitely because I have a little bit of experience with that. (laughs) Number six, and this is so, so important. And I just want to give you permission to hear this. If somebody wants to come and serve you and your husband and your baby by helping with meals or a chore or laundry or to clean your bathroom, just let them. I think sometimes we do ourselves and other people such a disservice when we don't allow people to love us in practical ways. Not only that, but letting someone come into your home and your space and just love on you and in all your mess gives that person the confidence to ask other people for help too. I mean, if you've gone over to somebody's house and helped them when they're sick or just had a baby or you've cleaned a friend's kitchen, doesn't that just make you feel like you're part of a community and like it's okay to need help sometimes? I know it does for me. Who knows? Maybe that person will ask for help in the future when they need it. So when somebody offers to help you, let them bless you. They, they're they offering because they love you. 
They want to bless you. They want to love on your family. So let them come. Let them clean your bathroom, even if it's gross. If they're if they're not a good friend, they'll judge you. And they're not a good friend. But chances are, if they've offered to come clean for you, they love you and they're your friend. And they won't care how messy or dirty things are. I've been so humbled in my life to have help from friends during seasons when my health was really bad or my depression was really bad. And it was always humbling, but always such a blessing and so amazing when they would leave and give me a hug and tell me they love me. And then my house was clean. It was incredible. So let people bless you. Let people love you in practical ways. That's all we have for today. Thank you so much for joining me. Remember, be bold, be brave, speak the truth, even if your voice shakes.